It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so today we're going to talk about straws. What is this big mess that people are so upset about straws? I just don't get it. What is it? It's all that plastic just They're so, wasted. They're You're just angry. sucking out of it for... Uh, 10, 15 minutes. They are angry around the entire country about straws. I'm not giving up my straw. What are you going to do about it? They're I'm going to come and get it. I'm keeping my straw. Come and take it. They're coming for your straws. Come for it. Because I'm keeping my straw. I'm not giving up my straw. There's nothing you can do to keep me from. You're not going to take my straw. Now, what are you going to do? What if they make a law that says you can't drink out of a straw? I'm still going to drink that straw. I mean, you use that straw. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? People still text and drive. They still break the law. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to get rid of your toothbrush? Are you going to get rid of uh, your, your shampoo, your mouthwash, all those little things in your kitchen? I mean, let's get real here. You, and then you're getting angry with me. To get angry with me, you got to go past the homeless people on the side of the street. It's 102 degrees outside, and we care more about straws than the homeless. Get a life, people. Get a life. All right, and also, we're going to have Ted Harvey on the show. And he's, he is with the, uh, the Committee to Defend the President. He's going to talk to us about what's going on around the country. Maybe we can get him to chime in on the straws as well. Also, we're going to talk about, you know what, someone is upset. You know, they're upset. The fact that, you know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to find out what it is. But they wanted to destroy their AR-15. And so we're going to talk about that and get to the bottom of this. Why would you want to destroy your gun? Why? These are things I need to know. I need to know about straws. Why would you want to destroy an AR-15? What is happening? Is it the heat? Is it just too hot outside? What's happening? What is going on? I just don't get it. So we're going we're gonna to get to the bottom of this. All right, so let me bring into the conversation. Let's go to line three. Ted Harvey with the committee to defend the president. Ted, welcome to Come and Talk It, sir. Good afternoon. How are you? We're doing outstanding, sir. Um, you know, I, I just don't get it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you to chime in on this straw business. You know, what is going on around the country where people want to tell me what I can and I cannot use or what I can and I cannot do? I will not comply. As <laughs> <laughs> simple as that, right? You know, we we had several bills. I'm, I'm a former legislator here in Colorado, and as you know, several years ago, we had some of the most egregious gun control bills in Colorado. And, and one, of the, I mean, one of the most famous lines that came out of that debate was, I will not comply. We had T-shirts made up and, and everything. And, you know, the, the, the gun bills that were passed here in Colorado, they, were, they, they could not be enforced. They were unconstitutional. And, and it's the same thing with this stupid stuff. It's all just a bunch of feel-good, do-gooder stuff that's not going to 
solve any problems. And, um, the, you know, the, the same do-gooder, radical leftist environmentalists out there are the same ones that are drinking water out of plastic bottles and um, driving their Subarus and Priuses they're, that are far more better yet, they're, they're driving the environment their environment than a plastic straw. They're driving their big SUV, you know, on, away from the protest to not <laughs> to ban straws. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, you know, let them have their temper tantrum. It, it goes one week from the next. It, it goes from one crisis to the next, and I think the American people are getting pretty tired of it. Exactly. You know, you, I'm tired of people telling me what I can and cannot do. You know what? Yep. If I want to, you know, if I want to suck down whatever my big gulp, the big, huge glass, big cup with a big, huge straw, you know what? I'm going to do it. There's nothing anyone yeah, can do I've about it. America. Exactly. That's a, that's what America's all about. So, you know what, uh, Ted Harvey, tell me about you and your organization and what do you guys do? Well, thank you for having us on. I appreciate it. I, you know, we started the PAC originally as the Stop Hillary PAC. We started it five years ago before Hillary even got into the race because we knew the Democrats were going to lie, cheat, and steal to do everything that she, they could to make sure that she was the first female president of the United States. And the last thing I wanted was for Bill and Hillary to ever step foot in the White House ever again. So we started the Stop Hillary PAC, and we were incredibly instrumental, I believe, in making sure that the Republicans won the presidency. But then when Trump won and the left had their total and complete national temper tantrum and and tried to do everything they could to discredit not only the presidency but the entire election to say that he shouldn't have even been elected, um, that's when we decided to not allow this very influential organization just to to go to nothing. We, we changed the name to the Committee to Defend the President. And since then, we have really become the only organization out there that has the president's back. You know, the RNC isn't doing it. Members of Congress aren't doing it. And so anybody who really wants to join the effort to um, stand up for America, stand up for the president, we're the only group out there. So we've grown to be the largest pro-Trump pack in the country because of it. Now, tell me what's your uh, what's your take on, you know, on us? And we have two minutes left. But what's your 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 take on us with the Second Amendment? Okay, so we have this issue of uh, suppressors being removed from the NFA list. Uh, We're hoping, you know, I was hoping that the president will get this done this term this year. We're hoping that we can get concealed carry reciprocity passed where license holders can carry their handgun in every state. You know, so what's your take on that? Because yep. that's something that we were not able to get done. And if we don't get done, I'm afraid during the midterm elections, we may lose some seats. We may lose either the House or the Senate, and, and we, we're not going to get this done. Well, I don't think we're going to lose either the House or the Senate. But the reason why we're not getting it done is because we don't have enough Republicans in the United States Senate. I believe we could get it through the House, but if it got over to the Senate, the, we have such slim margins that the uh, the Democrats would stop it or the John McCain's of the world would stop it. And that's what we are focusing on 100 percent right now between now and November is to try to flip the six U.S. Senate seats that Democrats hold right now in states that Trump won by 60 percent or more. If we're able to flip those six states, then we don't have to worry about the Democrats. We don't have to worry about the Jeff Blake's and Corkers and everybody. We can get those kind of important pieces of legislation through Congress 
and uh, to the president's desk so that he can sign it. All right, we're talking with Ted Harvey. He's with the Committee to Defend the President. Also, we're going to talk about straws. Only way to stop a bad straw is a good straw. Also, we're going to talk to someone who wants to destroy their AR-15. Sacrilege. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on the War, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Straw or not to straw? That's what we're talking about. So, I, so you know what? I'm keeping my straw. You know, all straws' lives matter. <laughs> white straws matter. White straws with red stripes matter. White straws with black stripes matter. Even black straws matter. All about, straws' lives matter. What about the bendy straws? They matter, too. Non-bendy straws? They I'm matter. not a fan of the non-bendy straws. If they you don't matter. bend, not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> to bend or not to bend? That is the question. All right, so, you know, Ted, I'm a big a big fan of yours, by the way. But you know what? I got to admit, Ted, in this room, I have some people that, you know, have some questions. And I got one person that's wait, not wait, a fan. Wait, 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 wait. Uh-oh. Wait. What about twisty straws? Oh. What the heck is a twisty straw? What is no, a twisty straw? Like a crazy are, uh, straw? What's a twisty straw? And they just straw. go up and basically a helix. Okay, okay. It's a big wood helix, man. All right. Nobody can outlaw the crazy straws. They want to do everything. They want to do Slurpees. They're, they want to, you know, ban the big gulp. <laughs> Only in New York. Right? Only I, Michael Bloomberg. Only. I, I, man, I oh, don't get us started down that road there. All right. So, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. And I got some people in here. I got someone from the U.K. You know, he's not a big fan. And so but so I want to set the tone to let you know that I'm a big fan. And you're doing sure. wonderful. You're doing wonderful work out there. Don't, you know, keep it up. But then Thank I got some you. people got got some questions for you. Okay. Hi Ted, my name is Felicia, and I am a a Republican here in Austin, so obviously the minority. But I had a couple questions for you. Do you guys obviously you're around to support the president, but do you guys support everything that the president does, regardless of whether or not maybe he made the right decision? Do you you know condemn him when? He makes the wrong call. You know, do you hold your elected officials accountable like we as the constituents are supposed to do? Well, as a individual, I hold everybody accountable. But to tell you the truth, as a conservative, constitutionalist, um, libertarian-leading Republican, there's not a policy that I disagree with. There's not a policy that I disagree with that the president has done thus far. Oh, Okay, I'm so glad that you said that. I was looking forward to that answer. Um, so how do you rationalize tariffs? How do I rationalize tariffs? Yeah, the tariffs to that the president has imposed. Taxes. Sure. When, when Canada puts oh, a, almost a 300% tariff on dairy products as soon as the president gets elected to office, thinking that this new Republican administration is not going to respond in kind, I think it is only incumbent upon the the administration to hold Canada accountable and say, we want to have free, fair trade. We want to have no tariffs. We want to have no subsidies, government subsidies of products. And if, but, if, but 
if you guys are going to start a trade war with the United States by putting a 300% tariff on our products, then you are leaving us with no other alternative than to turn around in kind and to uh, apply similar sanctions against your goods coming into the United States. We can't allow you to just unilaterally put, unilaterally put those kind of tariffs on the United States product. All right. And so, all right, so let me bring in the, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I am very confused as to how you can say that you're a libertarian-leaning individual, but then you're pro-taxes because that's what tariffs are. Additionally, now we're in a scenario where we're going to have to, quote-unquote, bail out farmers who are suffering no, from the taxes. No, so no, I'm confused because... as to how you can be a conservative, especially going as far to use the word libertarian. Now he's giving you then, everything. And then say, yes, taxes are good. Let's do it. And then bail them out when we screw them over. No, we're not. We're not having to bail out the farmers because Europe lowered their tariffs because Trump was the only president in the last oh, 30 boy. years to stand up to the, their unfair trade practices <laughs> and force them to lower their tariffs. And now we are able to freely trade our soybeans and everything else with the EU where – had Trump not made that threat, we would not be able to. So now the tariffs are coming down from Europe. I don't know if you watched the, the president of the EU come out here last week and lower the tariffs that they had been putting on the United States. And therefore, the United States are lowering the tariffs that they had threatened. They never put them into place. They had threatened to put the tariffs in place. So now, because Trump is actually standing up for America and quit and stopping the rest of the world, treating the United States workers as the piggy bank for the world. He is actually lowering tariffs around the world and allowing more products to be sold throughout the world and improving our economy. You know, and I would, I would love for you to taxes. send me some news links after yes, the show because I, I think we're in completely different news cycles because I've not heard a single thing that you're saying in the news. And you, I'm not. I, I watch Fox News, MSNBC, well, CNN, me, and BBC. I watch everything and not heard let, anything that you're talking about. Yeah, well, let me just say. You didn't see, you didn't see the president of the EU yeah, come they, out last week? What's this gentleman's name? What's this gentleman? He's got 800 names. What's his name? No, it's, it's Ted. Hey, Ted, this is Max Miller. I'm actually a Brit, but I'm masquerading as an American today. And um, <laughs> I am very familiar with Juncker, and I'm very familiar with what you just said. And I can tell you everything you just said, either you need to start taking medication or you need to reread everything because Juncker actually has no power to do what you just said that they said they agreed to. He has no power to say we're going to lower the tariffs on anything. He's there to negotiate. The individual governments have the power to do that. He doesn't have the power to do anything. So this is the part. Listen, I am an independent. This is why Mike and I get on, Michael and I get on, because seriously – the part that really upsets me when people like you come on and do a disservice, you do a disservice to your own audience by twisting the truth. It makes no sense. To, what, what was just said by the young lady in the room here that you are bailing out $12 billion worth of farmers by do, is absolutely true. His own party has said that. Now, if you had the guts to stand up and say, you were asked a direct question, did you disagree or agree with President Trump? And you said yes, 
I agree with him 60% of the time. You would have respect from everybody in the studio. Right now, sir, you do not. There is no way on God's well, earth well, what you, know, you just said I, I is like, true. I like Ted. There is, I, I, listen, I, I, I like listen, him. I like him. That's he's fine. That's fine. Well, let's let him answer. I'm Ted, going to. I'm Ted, going to let him answer. Go, but I want Ted, to Ted, answer go ahead the answer. question. Answer go ahead the answer. question. Is it true? It's not true. All right. Go ahead and answer, Ted. He's What's the question? The question was, did, did, do you truly believe that Donald Trump negotiated a deal that you said immediately this is going to allow tariffs to be lowered on American farmers to export into the EU? That is not true. I, I do believe that, that Trump is the only president no, in the last true. three answer, years let him answer. to take on the EU, to take on Canada, to take on Mexico, and to take on China – who have been taking advantage of the American workers for the last 30 years and unfairly putting tariffs on the what, United States. But what States you're saying now, with all due respect, is not is what that is not what you just said three and minutes ago. You didn't let me finish. Go ahead, man. I'm ready. You didn't let me finish. Go ahead. I'm listening. And he is forcing <laughs> Canada to lower their tariffs. He on is what? forcing China to lower their tariffs. <laughs> Oh, and what? the meeting that let he him had finish. You're not the, let him get out of sentence. Let him the complete his sentence. EU, oh. The meeting that he had with the head of the EU <laughs> was putting in place a an agreement that the EU would start lowering tariffs on the United States product, and we would be continuing to not true. sell soybeans and all of our that other agricultural products. Not true. Europe. As, that I tell is, you what, you were asked, you were asked, send the link. Send the link. Send the link. That is what the president of the EU said. No, he didn't. What, he did Trump not. Said. If he that's did not. not the truth, then that's not what the, that's not what the media is reporting. Well, I'm you know, I swear to God, man. To what the media is reporting. You, you know, you, are you living on planet Earth? You said if you know something more than what the head of the EU said, then good for I you. I do, because I read. And if you, so had read, if you had read what the British press said after that, none of what you just said was agreed to on anything. It was an outline. And if you truly cared about the American farmer, which clearly you don't, if you did, <laughs> if yeah, you, you did, if you did, then you would have the truth, which is there is nothing that's been done lately to help the American farmer. Seriously, and, and what is it? And, and that is not the truth. Well, what is it then? This you're the one. Listen, you're the one. You're the one saying. Hold on a minute. American you're the one. The American farmers. You may not like it. You may not like it. But this president is standing up for America and putting America. Listen, first. standing up for you America. Like and, uh, why break, would I want? I no, I'm an. I'm an. I'm an American. I'm an American with a funny accent. Okay, so my question for you is. What proof have you got that he's standing up for the American worker? He says a lot, but he hasn't done anything. I want to know. You haven't said anything. You asked a specific question. By the well, way, you're not I'm... giving him a chance to answer. Okay, I'll shut up. Thank you. No, I answered. I answered. That's what he had answered. This president, no unlike, unlike President Obama, no unlike President Bush, oh unlike President Clinton, is actually standing up to the foreign governments around the world <laughs> and saying you are not going to be allowed to put on these massive tariffs on the United States and not have any in-kind retribution for it. And that's what was what the outcome? Okay, so what was the what is the average tariff? What is the best what dairy product and not have retribution? What is the average tariff? What is the average tariff on a product from the United States into the EU? Do you do you hey. not think that a 300% tariff on dairy products going into there's, Canada there's is an wrong? Al- 
So, so we're going to steer away from Canada real quick because yes. I just did some research online no, and every single article. Gonna, I'm not allowed to answer it. Michael won't let me. Every single article we're talking CBS News, Time, USS Today, or USA Today, Politico, to, CBS, CNN, Market Watch, EU News, everyone. They're working towards, quote, yes, literal quote, zero tariffs. There's nothing about eliminating exactly. them now. There's nothing about reducing them now they're saying that they're going to have more conversations and the 12 billion dollars to fell out to bail out farmers is still on the table it's still a problem this is why we're in debt and we come back i'm gonna let you answer that ted uh we're talking about should we ban the straws we're talking about this is uh the committee to defend the president and the ar-15 this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it This is State Representative Jonathan Sicklin, and you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk 13.7. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, we're back, and we're talking with Ted Harvey. He's with the Committee to Defend the President. Also, we're going to talk about straws. You know, someone is so angry with me about straws, they threaten me. Are you serious? You want to cause harm to me because I won't give up my straw? Well, guess what? I'm not giving up my straw. What are you going to do? There's so many other reasons to cause harm to you. I know. (laughs) I do so many other things on this. We don't need any other reason, Michael. No, not a straw. There's some good. There's some good reasons. There's definitely some. And then also, why would you want to throw away or destroy your AR-15? That's going to be a good conversation. I can't wait to sit down and talk with her about that. We're trying to calm her down a little bit. She's getting a little high strung over here. But you know what? We're coming to you. We're going to come for you. She's knitting. She's calm. She's She's the calmest one in here because she's knitting. So let's go back to Ted Harvey with the Committee to Defend the President. Ted, you were asking a question before we went to break? No, my my only question was, should Trump not be going up against people, other countries that are putting on inappropriate tariffs on the United States and not retaliate in kind? Uh, this is Max. So, what products are you talking about specifically? Apart from dairy, look please. Can- look, oh look my at God, Canada, man! Have you got something 30, better 300 than 300% tariff? On is what product? Is that not appropriate? How many? Pro- what is the dollar amount of those products? I don't have yeah, it. You right see, in front that's of you. exactly. It it's an easy number to throw out 300%. Right? It doesn't it's meaningless? But, no. Answer me yes or no. Is that good or is that bad? We put tariffs on pickup trucks of 25%. Is that good or bad? It's not 300%. Putting tariffs on things, there's always an outlier, right? You have to look at the whole. What I was telling Michael. I am looking at the whole. No, you're not. I I don't want to have any tariffs at all. Okay, so what is the average tariff? When you have other countries putting on massive tariffs. Yeah, you keep saying that. So what is the average tariff, Ted? Into no, the into the my, you can rattle off and say no and go to another question. But I'm not, not going to answer. My, my I just thing. said. I if just we said. We have but, countries that are putting 300 percent tariff. Yeah, Canada on a product going into their country. Why should we not retaliate in kind? I think it all depends on have, what it is and how much you it's have worth. China dumping metals and aluminums mm-hmm. on the world market, mm-hmm. and obviously the United States is the largest economy. So we're having how much China is how much steel did we import from China and, and metal being dropped into the U.S. economy. And so we're putting tariffs on that. And guess what the rest of the world did? Canada put tariffs on it as well because they don't want to have the, the metals that were coming to the United States dumped in their country. So they also put tariffs on theirs. And so we're other countries around the world because they don't want to have 
this mask. And what out. do you want to see? What, let me change speed on you here. So what do you think is going to happen? I think we're going to have a much more fair and balanced trade situation around the entire world where we're not having massive amounts of tariffs put on products around the world, and we have a fairer and freer economy and then worldwide, that's what, so, which is what I think most libertarians would so want how to is that, So how is that working out with the soybean farmers or with the guy that makes nails or the BMW factory in, in Spartanburg or the fact that the guy who has lobsters is to China right now might have to lay off half his workforce? How are those people? Are they or, just or are the they, dairy farmers? Are they the exactly are exactly go into, So are they so they just are they just are they just collateral? Eventually, eventually, because Trump is actually standing oh up for the workers, it will come to pass that these smaller economies have you, have you been to hey, the largest economy in the United in the world, the United States, it's not. is going to have to succumb to the actual free markets and have fair trade. Hey, Ted, have you, you ever been Ted, have you ever been to China? To do, and that is what will happen eventually Ted, because they'll have to. Ted, have you ever been to China? I've been to Asia. I've no, have been you to ever, China. No. Okay, I've been My to China. My daughter is there right now. Okay, great. So I've been to. You should ask your daughter then. I've been to China like eight or ten times, right? And clearly, I know, and clearly, I know the EU very well. If you think for one second that the Chinese are going to bow down because they believe in something, then I'm sure your daughter's told you called face. There is no way that they are going to allow United States to dictate trade policy to China. It's just not going to happen. And thank you, Max. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ted, uh, tell us some good things about uh, what your committee's doing. Well, our committee is defending the president in um, going up against China and Canada and the EU for their unfair, unfair trade practices with the United States, which I think most of the Americans in this country believe is probably the best course for this administration to take. Um, we are trying to get Democrat senators um, thrown out of office in the next election cycle so that we can repeal Obamacare, so that we can build a wall, fund a wall, so that we can um, make sure that the, our Second Amendment rights are safe and that we are appointing judges throughout the United States that will uphold the Constitution. And uh, if any of your listeners would love to uh, join us in this effort, I encourage them to go to the committee to defend the president.com or go to our web, go to our Facebook page at committee to defend the president as well. All right. Awesome. Man, I appreciate that. Thank you, Ted. And we got to have you back on sometime, you know, when we have a, a more friendlier crowd, you know, in, in the audience to you. But, but record, you know what? You, but you did good, Ted. You did good. For the record, Ted, I appreciate what the committee is doing. I think that the president gets too much bad press and and it's a little ridiculous how things are skewed. This tariff issue is not something that we should be defending as lovers of the free market and and limited government, Republicans need to snap the heck out of it, remember our founding principles, and defend the president when he deserves defending and call him out when he doesn't deserve it. And this tariff issue is not uh, where we this is not the hill that we need to die on. This is not okay. You and I'll have to disagree. Agree to disagree. Because I think he's doing exactly what this president should be doing. And then once again, Ted, uh, can you tell us your website and how can we find you? Committee to Defend the President on and on Facebook. It's Committee to Defend the President as well. All right. Thank you, Ted Harvey. We appreciate that with the Committee to Defend the President. And we got to talk with you again sometime. I'd love to. Thank okay. you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great Sunday. Thank you, sir. You enjoy the rest of your weekend.
All right, so what's this talk about straws? I got to talk about straws. It's driving me nuts here. You know, what's up with straws? Why? Why? Did you do some research on straws? And what's this? uh, banned them in California. Oh, well, then that says it enough right there. Yeah, and I believe it is uh, six years in jail if you give out an illicit straw. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, God. What, What are your thoughts? I mean, I think protecting the environment is an issue. I'm yes. not sure why people have decided to die with the straw. <laughs> um, there's definitely a lot of other things that we can be doing. I mean, I personally, yes, I'm a Republican who cares about the environment. I recycle everything. I have two bins. Is, is and it, I will is, yell at you if you come to my house and you don't recycle. We will have words. Correction us six months. Okay, but isn't <laughs> isn't the problem? The problem is people are dumping them when they're not st- supposed to dump them. The problem is that, you know, we're not making sure this stuff is being traveled to where it needs to get to without coming loose. Is that what the real issue is? I mean, the problem is? is just the amount of trash that Americans create on a yearly basis. It's just that. It's not straw specific. That's why I'm confused as to why this is where people have decided to lose their marbles. Just another it's July in America. It's 8 billion straws a year, though. That's the problem. 8 yeah, but, billion. Yeah, but we, I mean, we have a serious, a serious homeless problem. You know, there are so many other issues that are much bigger that we can handle uh, that we need to address that we're just totally ignoring. All straws lives matter. It's easier to white straws lives matter. Black straws lives matter. It's easier to condemn people who use straws and actually take a hard look at your policies and realize that your policies may be what's contributing to the homelessness. In the scheme of things, straws are not a big deal. It's a social justice warrior thing. They were bored. They, exactly. Like, I, mean, I actually agree. Like, we've, hey, we've agreed twice today. I good God, be- someone help me. I know. I can't believe it. So we've let me twice. let me let me bring it to the conversation, Domino. Oh, Domino, step up to the mic. Hello. So, hello, Domino. How are you doing? I'm really happy. How are you? All right. So, tell me a little bit about yourself, and uh, tell me how did you end up with an AR-15? So, Domino hasn't you know had an AR-15. It's gone, and it's gone now. So, how did you end up with this AR-15? What what? excited you what sparked you to decide you wanted to get yourself an ar-15 nothing nothing at all it was a gift uh, by a friend you were excited was, no, i remember you coming I, into the shop and you were excited but i have video don't play i with never me. don't even play with me right or now. hinted or wanted um anything like this i i was honestly more excited about the really cool handmade wooden box that came in which i'm gonna keep as my camping box my camping travel box it's pretty mm-hmm. rad the gun itself monstrous monstrosity I hated it. Still do. You, I remember you coming into the shop. It's pretty. I remember you like, I'm so excited. It's real pretty. I remember those words. It's pretty. It was very. You were very excited. It was, I was honored to be given a homemade thing. What change in society that made you decide that you wanted to get rid of your AR-15 that was It wasn't society ago? that changed. It was having a gun in my house, which I'd never had before. Honestly, and even just the presence of this weapon nearby me, because I kept it in my room. I wouldn't keep it downstairs. It was in a safe, locked, and it just felt like radioactivity, uh, if that makes any sense. Like, it, it was just this angry energy that, and I'm not, I'm not like an energy person, but uh, it, it just made me angry to have it around. Okay, so that was not the feeling with you bringing it into the home. So w- before you brought it into the home, you weren't angry at it. So mm-hmm. I need you to tell me what were your feelings when you brought this AR-15 to your house? Because that because that was not anger. It the I think I was it was more of an excitement about to to be given a homemade thing, and but I had never shot an AR-15 
and also shooting it was awful. Being around it was awful. I just I hated every bit of it. Didn't want it around. So but nothing should... like nothing in society changed. Uh, I was thought about it more. That changed. It, it got me thinking about guns more than I needed to regularly. Okay. If that makes sense. When we come back from the break, we're going to bring James into the conversation because James was the friend that actually gave you this awesome gift, mm-hmm. you know, that you wanted to destroy, mm-hmm. but instead of destroying it, you decided to just send it back to him. So we're going to bring James back into the, into the conversation. We come back because as I understand it, you, I remember you when you walked into the gun store. I remember you being happy and excited about this, this new rifle that you got. And I, I strictly remember that because you were very happy, you were smiling and excited about it. And so then when you came back to return it, everything had changed. But I'm not hearing that happiness in the beginning. I'm only hearing something else. So something changed, something else is going on, and we got to get to the bottom of it. All right. All right? So when we come back, we're going to get to the bottom of that. We're going to go to James uh, when we come back. We're talking about straws, <laughs> to straw and not to straw. All straws' lives matter. And we're talking about the AR-15. Some people want to destroy their guns. You know, well, we're going to talk about that in a little more when we come back. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Michael Cargill, come and talk. This is a man's world. This is a man's world. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking with with Domino. And she's a young lady that had an AR-15 and she wanted to destroy it. And so... We're gonna, we brought her into the studio because, you know, Domino picked up this AR-15. Well, what, basically what happened was James, I'm going to bring James into the conversation. He's on line one. James, come on into the conversation here. James is a good friend of mine. We actually served in the military together um, back at, God, what was it? Was it Fort Hood, James? That's correct. All we right. served in the United States Army at Fort Hood, Texas. That's right. Okay. So, and so James, you know, and Domino are friends. And James decided to build this AR-15. You know, he got the little receiver. And you tell him, James. Well, first, I'd like to thank everyone for their time today. I appreciate uh, being available for this. And uh, I'd also like to specify that we're still friends. But yes, yeah, hello. Um, uh, hi, Domino. How you doing? Doing well. How Every are you? Every so often, oh, well, on the radio, <laughs> every so often, um, I get an urge to do something a little crazy and fun and And I have great respect for Domino. Uh, She's a a fine human being. She's a poet. She's an athlete. And some of our conversations have allowed me to sort of think this might be an opportunity to to bring up firearms uh, as an element. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to build something beautiful, the complete works, something amazing that shoots great, that looks great, and could be an heirloom treasure. I'm going to give it to her and see what happens. Okay. And then what happened? What happened was I started thinking about what guns represent uh, 
in America as as a Texan and as an American. And hearing, you're a Texan. I am a Texan, native Texan. Okay. And I've traveled the world. And the first thing I hear from people is, "Oh, you all ride horses in Texas." And the second thing I always hear is guns, guns. It's all about guns. Being from Texas, being as being an American, and I. I'm not a gun person. Having a gun around, I just started thinking about what they meant to our country, uh, what they represented as Which an individual. Which is what? Having a tool? It's a, it's a tool, but it's a tool that murders people. So it's there's a, a car? that kills people. So there's a hammer? Yes, uh, but I don't practice. I so there's abortion? Practice. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, but I, I just felt that it, I would rather spend my time and energy doing something that uh, helps society. And I don't think guns at all help society. I think How'd they you get are to the studio today? only destructive tools. Cars are destructive tools as well. Yeah. How did you get to, do you, do you, so you're going to go outside and destroy your vehicle? No, not at all. Why? I, it kills more people than, than guns? That is true. That is true. Um, but it also gets me places. And if I'm very, very careful, I won't hurt anyone or myself. Um, but with a weapon, I feel like the there's no point to it so many people who uh wield guns wield them for out of fear or out of hatred or out of you know it it represents something to so many different people and i didn't want that around me felicia i'm gonna need a minute to put what i feel right now into words my first question is james can you be my friend (laughs) (laughs) Um. Well, I get that, um, where you're coming from, certainly, and I see that there's some other folks on the Facebook chat making similar offers, and I'm always open to to meeting new and interesting people, but I don't know that, A, really, I want to go through this again, and B, any of you have met the 10-year friend mark (laughs) that even made this a, a remote reality in my mind. So my first question. But thank you for asking. Uh, my first question for um, the guest in the studio today is: You're a native Texan. You said you're an American. Are you proud to be an American? I have been more proud to be an American now that I've traveled. Absolutely. Okay, great. So you realize that America only exists because of firearms. Uh, sure. Yeah. I yeah see that. Um, and you you realize that firearms allow society to function the way that it functions. It keeps the bad people in place when they try and attack the good people. It helps me feel more comfortable when I walk down the street. It helps me feel more comfortable as a 27-year-old female who lives 300 miles away from any person who truly gives a crap being safe and living on my own, knowing that my AR-15, who I, that I will never destroy, sleeps by my bed and my shotgun is behind the door and my 9 millimeters is in my car. It means that I will never be a statistic. I will never be a victim. That's an empowering feeling. That is why firearms are here. It's so that... I may live in liberty and I may live in freedom for protection from the government if it comes to that and anyone who tries to infringe upon my individual rights. I do acknowledge that. And I'm glad you feel safe, as we all should. Um, and I, I wasn't uh, destroying my gun or I didn't destroy it, but I wasn't uh, pushing for the world to destroy their guns. This was a personal decision, a personal moral decision and a very, very intense one for me. So has anything happened? And I love that this is like, Girl on girl conversation right now because we can relate to things a little differently than I think that some of the males um, can just because we're, we're frail and fragile. Oh, God, we can't protect ourselves. I disagree. <laughs> that was definitely sarcasm. Um, so has anything happened in your past regarding firearms that has made you feel uncomfortable and you thought maybe accepting this gift would help you overcome that? And that's why you're excited. And then you're like, nope, nope, can't do it. You know, did you have any exposure to firearms before this gift that? 
you know, maybe made it leave a bad taste in your mouth? No, not necessarily uh, a specific personal uh, experience with guns other than owning this gun now. My experience with guns has largely been watching American society progress and watching like that fear and stigma and obsession with guns of American society. And I, it really seems hazardous to me. It seems um, unwell. Uh, that has been my experience. I, but I love weapons personally. I love weapons. I collect like weird weapons. I, I love knives. I love swords and bayonets and I, I like love weapons in general but and I thought I might I thought I might like a gun I really thought that it might be just the same but it was not at all so I view firearms as a tool I'm from the country I hunt I fish you know I use weapons to kill animals to consume as nourishment um, I also have them in my life to protect myself because I live alone so in my opinion a firearm is a tool it is a tool for for many reasons as is a gun bayonet you know, a sword, because um, I have some of those two Ren fair phase of my life. Um, <laughs> so, so what makes a firearm so evil and a sword not, or even a kitchen knife? Too bad our our UK friend is gone for that comment. Oh, Donald wouldn't have him stay much longer. <laughs> Donald said I had to get rid of him. Donald's gonna. This is the only way we're gonna get Donald on the show is if we keep having Max on. Donald's gonna show up and take <laughs> Max out. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Um, so the question was, what what makes a gun feel different? And what the I think the easiest thing I can think of is the amount of people it can kill. A gun can kill so many people so much faster. A gun can allow that trigger finger to really mean someone else's death. Uh, when someone can get angry wielding a knife and cause a wound, but it won't be nearly so mortal to so many as a gun would. You have never seen me in the car. <laughs> I, have cars you. I have I have dear never, god you've never seen me in a vehicle I would rather him have a firearm and a bike than him have a car <laughs> go ahead go ahead James let you chime in here for a second well for the record I'm, I'm not ever riding with you Mike I love you but no <laughs> and the other one is uh, ultimately this is we're touching on part of the reason I did this as well was to give her the opportunity and experience to make that decision for herself and see how she feels about it. And I'm okay with it either way. I would have been sad to see the machine destroyed had that been its outcome, but ultimately I very strongly defend her right to destroy it because it is her property and her choice. Even though I'm rabidly pro-gun, it ain't mine, it's hers. We, we and we talked about like the pros and cons of me destroying this, and I found a great website that would turn an AR-15 specifically into farming implements, which I thought would be really beautiful and a wonderful use for the metal. Oh Jesus! But it was a beautiful gun, and I thought an even cooler thing would be is to give it to an artist to dismantle it, so it's like permanently dismantled but turned into an art piece. I thought that would be a really cool. Totally honor. killing me here. I know, I know, I know. Um, but that's that's what I like. I saw the beauty of this thing he had created, and I see the beauty of its parts, and I. I see the beauty of what it can represent, but the hazard of it is like is like putting a drunk driver on the street. I feel it feels so dangerous just to intentionally keep it in the world. But with the respect to my friend, I gave it back to him instead of destroying it. I gave it back to the artist. The hazard of it. Can you can you expand on that? Because <laughs> you know it doesn't work unless you. You load the magazine, you insert the magazine into the firearm, you turn off the safety, you point the firearm at the thing, you take your pointer finger, you put it in the trigger, or put it on the trigger, and then you pull. Like, there's a lot of things leading up 
to this hazard, quote unquote, doing the thing that it was designed to do. Yeah. And um, I mean, he mentioned, James mentioned that it, it is something he wanted to pass down in generations. Like he created this gun and it, it this gun will exist after me. This gun will exist after him. This gun will exist after all of our generations. And I can't guarantee, I can guarantee that maybe I would keep it safe because I would literally keep it in a safe and never use it. I can guarantee that James will keep it safe because he is a very responsible gun owner. But I can't be sure that that gun will be safe next generation and the generation after that. I can't guarantee that somebody won't get their hands on this weapon and slaughter people. I can't guarantee that. And that terrifies me to know that I have the power to maybe save someone's life a generation away by taking this gun out of operation. That's something I wanted to do. That's how I wanted to contribute to society and not like know that this couldn't hurt anyone. Well, in Mike and panel, this is where I kind of agree with her. Um, I don't agree necessarily with the stance and the fear, but you can't fault the logic. If this is that big a deal, She's not forcing this on anybody else. She's not saying that all firearms in the nation should be destroyed. She's not saying that every AR-15 should be demilitarized, I suppose. If you've ever seen the the proper way to chop one up, according to the ATF, uh, this is her choice for her property and and her stance. This is how she feels it should best be done. And how can I claim friendship unless I endorse that? You know what I mean? All right, so we're talking about AR-15s. We're talking about whether to destroy it or not destroy it. Uh, we're talking about something that's deep inside of us, you know, and some things are, some people are actually ba- battling this demon, and we're trying to get to the bottom of it. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about AR-15s and should we destroy them? You know, you you get to that point where you just don't want your gun anymore. Here's what you do. Just come on into the gun store and just give it to me. I'll hold on. I'll take care of it for you. I'm always available if anyone has a gun they don't want anymore. Yeah, yeah. You find a gun at home, you know, and it, it was it's a family member passed away and you came across this firearm. Just bring it into the gun store. We'll take good care of that sucker for you. Take real good care of it. Treat it like a family. I mean, I will say, like, I I mean, I can respect. How do I phrase this? I can respect the sentiments that when you no longer own the firearm, you're worried about whose hands it could fall into, quote unquote. Mm. Ideally, the idea of an heirloom is that it would be your descendants. And so... I guess you're assuming that your descendants are going to be screwy because of the, all the straws and right and all the pollution. Um, I mean, I can respect that. And and again, like firearms aren't for everyone. We've talked about this on the show before, and you need to be, feel comfortable and confident around a firearm, mm. or you're not going to be safe. Right. And so, I mean, it was a really awesome thing that your friend did for you. I'm glad that you donated it to like an art piece. I think it would have been cool for you to keep that the art piece in general and kind of have that on your wall. And it could be, you know, like this really existential piece about the violence of firearms and then the beauty of nature. I don't know. This isn't my forte, as you can tell. I'm not real earthy. But <laughs> and, honest, and honestly, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, you gave it back. You didn't destroy it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just like Felicia said, guns are not for everybody. And I, I'm one of the first people to admit that. 
you know, there are some people out there that just, you know, should not own a firearm at all. And so it, it's good that you, you realize that, hey, this is not for me. This is something that I don't want in my home, <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's your choice. That's your right. So, and, and you know, we, we actually, I'm giving you a hard time, but I, I really appreciate that. You know, you acknowledge the fact that this is not for me mm-hmm. and not everyone, you know, not everyone does that. Maybe some people decide to do something bad with it, mm-hmm. you know, and do something bad to themselves or do something to someone else. You know, but you decided, you know, hey, this is not for me. This is not something that I believe in. This is not something I want part of my life. So I'm choosing to, you know, give it back or get rid of it. And that's, that's a good decision. Thanks for saying so. I respect you too. Yeah. James, oh, we're so hippie. Oh my God, here. we're gonna have drinks after this. <laughs> we're so happy we can sing "Kubaya" and hug each other. <laughs> but it, it would probably be a different outcome if Max was in here, right, Donald? We would not hug him. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, James. What were you saying in does the background? Max not, does Max not? Uh, does Max not do drinks? Uh, yeah, Max drinks. Oh, then then we're good. I think we can all we it's can all settle me, this over a fight. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, so uh, James, what are you going to do with that AR-15 you got back? Well, uh, I am a man of my word, Michael. And, and one of its, uh, its return was that it never be used to harm someone. So it is a, or anything, it will not kill. So uh, it will not be a hunting rifle or a defense rifle. So it, it, have no fear for me, folks. There are plenty of tools available. in it a range stay. toy? It, uh, um, rarely, and uh, perhaps just sort of a touchstone for a great story and memories of a wonderful friend. You know, uh, I'm not hurting for guns <laughs> in the slightest. So it, it has in a way fulfilled what I hoped for, but sort of not how I expected it. It has become an heirloom. It has become something to treasure, but it's mine to treasure now when I never expected it to be. You know, and you need to be careful of those knitting needles because, you know, I'm looking at. I, Speaking I, of what, did you Google? I murders, Googled it. I Murder, by, murder knitting? by knitting needle. <laughs> let me tell you. And there are some freaky. There's a person that actually this dude, he was accused of raping, torturing and killing his mom with a knitting needle. Mm-hmm. You can be done with anything. Yeah. Oh. Another lady was found strangled to death with a knitting needle, you know, you know, in her body. And so there are these, all these stories, you know, of knitting needles. So there's so many different ways that people can kill other people. There's some evil people I'm, in this world. I'm so curious. I So I brought my knitting in uh, knowing that it was double-pointed needles, which look in, very, <laughs> very intense. They're, they're double-bladed. They're so intense looking. And I was it's really an curious. And I was concerned if, at first. Yeah, no, and I was curious <laughs> if you would be concerned because that, that also seems like a theme of people who own weapons that y'all see – danger in so many things around you when i'm when i'm bringing I'm thinking in, some james in bond stuff right now oh yes and i'm named after a james bond character Fun exactly fact. yeah you never know you never know <laughs> uh but no not not a weapon at all knitting knitting just gloves what'd you say james does this mean that i can't make you knitting needles for christmas this year i would love knitting needles please that's a great gift <laughs> they're more dangerous <laughs> let's learn how to give gifts to our liberal friends those are give more... them knitting needles not guns a those guide, are more dangerous how to give gifts to your liberal friends <laughs> No firearms, sustainably sourced. What'd what'd you say, James? Uh, What if I make him out of some 5160 spring steel? You can drive it through an engine block. Does that count? Is that okay? No, I'd be amused. I want to know, can you build me something out of some straws? Yes. 
what can you build me out of straws? I like to have something really big with a lot of straws. Let's get off the air and determine your budget. Oh, no. Let's, then, oh, <laughs> let's do this right now. I want something really big with a lot of straws, and I want it to be a firearm. Oh, crap. Okay. Well, <laughs> we can start with a Glock body, I guess. A Glock body? A Glock straw. A sh- Maybe we could recycle some straws into a Glock body. Oh, that would be awesome. I would love to build a straw gun. For the record, people, please don't do this. Yes, you do. <laughs> please do it at home. You do this at home with your kids. Don't leave me out of it. This was not my idea. Mike you, did it. You you do it at home with your kids. You sit down, you build straw guns. And you can get the plans from Cody Wilson's website. And we can download those plans <laughs> on August the 1st. <laughs> oh, come on. Am August. I the only one who's not freaking out about the straw thing? Oh, no, no, no. I think straws are the way to go. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to say that the majority of the show today has been a satire. At least regarding the straw conversation. Because the people that are uh, that are against straws are psycho. They're little. They need to be, you know, need to be medicated. Because when you get to the point where you're threatening someone because they say they're not going to get rid of their straw, you have some serious issues. Anyone disagree with that? Yeah. All of us, we only have a certain amount of Fs to give throughout each day. <laughs> and when you spend a quarter to half of the Fs that you have to give on trying to give it to straws. Uh, I feel that bad that we're even empty. giving it airtime now. Like, let's talk about some literally anything else. It's hot. And then what about, <laughs> what about the city of Austin? People are saying, hey, let's change the name. Let's get rid of the Austin. Change that name because it's racist. What would we even change yes, it to? Yes, exactly. They want to change the name of Austin. You know, I'm so sick of this, you know, this this thing of these are the things that made this country what we are today. This is what brought us to this point. When you get to the point where you start erasing things, we're going to get rid of Robert E. Lee. We're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of that. Then you're going to change the foundation of this country and how we got to where we were. This is why we're so great now you know, because of our past and where we come from and the fact that we evolved. Stephen F. Austin is known as the father of Texas. If we change our capital from Austin, I mean, that that's changing our history. They wanted like, to make it Stephen Leslie. F. Austin, Leslie? Yeah, you remember the Leslie? You don't remember Leslie? <laughs> the cross-dressing we call it Cargillica? You can call it Cargill. I'm good with that. <laughs> yep, I, I, no, we go with Cargill. I'm good with Cargill. It's, I like the idea of changing the, the, the scope of America and who we appreciate in history. It's not erasing history. It's just oh. changing. It's, it's, it's addressing the people who did work in different ways and not just uh, celebrating white men in history, but celebrating a lot of other people. I say, we, I say we, we acknowledge those bad things in history because if you forget those things, you're, you're bound to repeat them. Mm-hmm. And so let's go ahead and acknowledge them. They're there. You, you're not going to get rid of it. All of your military bases are named after Confederate generals. Every military base is named after Confederate general. There's nothing we can do with that. You know, it's it's, it's always going to be there. So remember that history. Remember that so we don't go back and repeat it. That's just me. Do you know the economic impact that that would have on Austin? And we're it's, already in debt. Every single business having to change their address, they want to change streets. Do you know what confusion that would cause? Austin has an international airport that would literally affect the world because people fly in from all over the world to the Austin International Airport. This is insane. It is our history. He's the father of Texas. I I just, I mean, 
we can't change every single street name. We should just stick to letters and numbers now. What do you think, we'll Domino? Be a. Uh, same thing. I I like the idea of respecting people in history more than more than just white men in history. Uh, but no, that's that's excessive. Don't change the name of Australia. Find find other battles to fight. Straws. Find another battle to fight. It's, it's good good service. You know, good <laughs> idea. But don't don't die on that hill. Good idea. Bad execution. Yeah. Bad execution. <laughs> this is why Domino and I have can still be friends despite such wildly different politics and ideologies because <laughs> she can absolutely target functional and pragmatic versus wait what <laughs> i couldn't agree more a liberal with a brain i feel like i'm in the studio with a unicorn right now <laughs> well it just it just proves that you know we we do have some you know there's civility on this show you know we can agree to disagree or you know with a lot of different things and you know we this is true civility here and this is something that people around this city needs to learn mm-hmm. because there's a serious problem with people just upset with people i'm you're not going to date a republican i you're never going to date a democrat under my dead body this that's just ridiculous we need to agree to disagree on certain issues and move on and be civil with each other you know mike we all just need to learn to come and talk it yeah. In more exactly. ways than one. Some people just yeah. need to come. This is Michael Yikes. Cargill, and you are listening <laughs> to Come and Talk It. Peace. This is Mark Pure. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I know a place. I'm in my happy place right now. It's my happy place because I can I can carry whatever I want to carry. I can carry as many guns as I want to carry. And that's my happy place. How many are you carrying? One little one. You can really carry as many guns as you Producer's looking you at me saying, all right, it. you've been warned. <laughs> I'm going to start putting straws in your holster. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll work good. Hey, all right, so, so Domino, let me ask you this. That, um, you know, with the pink pistols and things of that nature, the pulse shooting, um, <clears throat> because you got your AR-15 after the pulse shooting. Yes. Did that, you know, was that a deciding factor on whether or not to get a gun or not? No, not at all. Because a lot of people after the pulse shooting, that when the LGBTQ community decided to, you know, take up firearms. Yeah, that was not my response. Um, I want to party in a dance club, and I, if there was a woman with me who had a gun on her, I wouldn't feel safer, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to dance with her. Uh, so you mean tell me you couldn't dance or date another female that carried a gun? Uh, that is not something that attracts me to a woman, no. But she, you know, she's there to protect you, to keep you safe. I protect myself. Right. Uh, we're there to help each other, but she's not there to protect me. No man w- is there to protect me. And uh, so, is there is there a problem with her being wanted to protect herself? No, she can live her own life, okay. and I maybe I wouldn't. So, what if she she kept it a secret? You know, it was a secret from you, mm-hmm. and you didn't know until you know a week, two weeks, three weeks, two months, three months into the relationship that she carried a gun. Uh, we talk about it <clears throat> because we're lesbians, and that's what we do. We talk about everything. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Some people keep that a a really. I know a lot of people that come into my store keep Mm -hmm. guns. There, it's a secret between you know 
away from their spouse. I don't think a gun should ever be a secret. It's not safer as a secret, certainly. I know people that pay cash to buy guns because they don't want their spouse to find out. Ooh. Well, you'd be surprised. That's a bigger conversation. Yeah. Or it's a, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> you, you, the guns, I'm telling you, conversations. I can lie about how much I paid. Go, go, go ahead, James. I pay cash to buy guns so I can lie about how much it actually cost me. Exactly. A lot of men do that. A lot of people do that. They will lie about either how much it was or the fact they even have one. I, I've, I've had people come into the store because their spouse made them sell their gun, so they sold it to us and then would come back a week or two weeks later and then with cash buy it back when their spouse was out of town and snuck it back into the house. Yeah, That's... I saw a great meme. It said, uh, when I die, I hope my wife doesn't sell my guns for what I told her I paid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you now, she will. Because I, they always come into the store and say, well, he said it cost this. Can I get that for I say, you sure can. <laughs> I'll give you cash. He said it was $10. And I'll take it. That's, that that sounds like a uh, a haunting trend of um, not healthy communication in relationships by your customers. I mean, that's really unfortunate. It, it's just it's just the fact, you know, just facts. Oh, trust me, the men in Austin don't communicate. Oh, come on! At least oh. not the straight don't ones. beat up men. Oh. <laughs> yeah, don't beat up the men. Sorry, I w- the last date I went on was a, with a liberal Democrat from uh, Zach, Canada. Chime in, please. Your man, chime in. Oh, well, yeah, you want Felicia him to communicate? Telling us about uh, her liberal man over there. It can happen. That's right. You... It's not happening and this he time. He was afraid of your guns, right? He felt "quote unquote" uncomfortable, and I said, uh, "That is the door." And all four hundred ninety-five I mean, square foot of my that? apartment. You, you're a female, a strong. You know, a strong female. A strong female needs a beta male. Okay? A strong female who's def- or no male at all. Who has, doesn't have a problem with defending herself? You know, carries a firearm, comes across a man. You know. That she's dating and he has a problem with it. Um, was there a question in there? Yeah, that sounded that, like a statement. I'm just asking. <clears throat> you know, how do you, how does that feel? Oh, I do not care. This is my life. These are my firearms. These are my values. These are my beliefs. You can hop on the bus because it's a fun ride. I am fantastic. <laughs> um, or I shall stop and you may <laughs> exit the vehicle. Donald, do you hear that? <laughs> There's your calling card right there, Donald. Um, no, I mean, it's fine. He, um, I think what bothered me the most is the fact that he was always apologizing and he said A all the time. I thought those were stereotypes. They are not, unfortunately. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm telling you, people. not representative of all guys, well, even Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he's not listening right now. Sorry, Mike. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Right. And so uh, Donald says uh, he's out of the closet when it comes to carrying guns. And uh, John says, I don't tell my wife what I spend on guns, and she doesn't tell me what she spends on knitting. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Or there. shoes. Or shoes. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> right. So, hey, that's a two-way street there. Yeah, I have a similar litmus test, but it's whether women uh, pet my cats or not. Oh, God. Yeah. If they don't like my cats, they're going to go. Let me tell you, if you meet a man with a cat, vacate. <laughs> Leave immediately. <laughs> Do not pass go. <laughs> Do not collect $200. Why is that, Felicia? Do tell. Expand on that a little bit, please. <laughs> please expand on that, Felicia. Um, why Why would a man with a cat is a problem? A man with a dog? Yes. Man with a cat? Hmm, questionable. Why? 
personal experience. We'll talk about it off air because we don't want to get in trouble. Minds want to know. Haven't you heard about those crazy cat men? No, haven't heard it. I need to know about this. Well, Zach, yeah. do you agree with this statement? Um, Zach Mr. has a cat we'll and he's insane. I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. Do you, in fact, own a cat? Oh, as a pet? God, no. I'm allergic to cats. Deathly allergic. Dogs, you I am allergic to cats. Yeah, I have three dogs, three girls, pit bulls, females, hardcore. He doesn't even, that's why he doesn't even need guns. He ruff, has ruff. dogs. That's right. Get them, girls. <laughs> They'll lick you. Today. They're my girls. <laughs> they protect me. They're like, Daddy, what do you want us to do, Daddy? Kill, babies, kills. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Daddy. Yes, Daddy. They're excited about it, too. Let me tell you. My girls, those are my girls. They're loving to death. So, uh, cat, Zach? Is there a problem with a man owning a cat? I don't think so. Uh, my neighbors have a few cats. Yeah. They actually <laughs> Any, they anyone make ever, their way to my doorstep. Anywhere I built a holster for their animal? You ever been a holster, you know, for like your dog or your cat to carry your gun? My they dog just rides on my shoulders. I have a miniature Dotson, and he puts his head on one and his butt on the other, and oh it is God. how we live our life. Oh my God. <laughs> He's like a little scarf in the car. That's just where he is. And so Sean says a man with a cat just isn't right. He agrees. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, just I'm a telling you, I only masculinity. Speak. Donald no. says he's allergic <laughs> to liberals. Mm. I can hear you sneezing from here, Donald. <laughs> how how was that going into the Capitol last week, Donald? Did you just have a you know, did you break out or something? And Jennifer says, yes, stay away from men with cats. See, I it's a thing, you guys. Like this is a serious problem. Like, and if I'm on Tinder and he has a picture with a cat, I'm like, definitely a left swipe. Definitely <laughs> a no. Even if it's, like, not my cat. It's, like, when they have a bunch of, kid, like, pictures with kids and they're like, those are my nieces. I was like, I don't believe you. Swipe Do they allow left. gun pics on, on Tinder? For now, yeah. yeah so they allow gun. So you can take a picture mm-hmm. with a gun? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. on Bumble. Not on Bumble, but on Tinder? Oh, yeah, Bumble's in Austin. Right? Oh, Bumble's yeah. All over. Of, no, they're based in Austin. They're they're oh. their offices in Austin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a bunch of little haters. Yeah, we, I got a notification like from them and they were like, Hey, for every thousand swipes today, we're donating money to Planned Parenthood. And oh, I was like, God. Well <laughs> Go Bumble. Woo-hoo. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Nice. Donate to Planned Parenthood. Do it. Oh my I'm goodness. Like I I would much rather like a private entity be funding, funding it rather than the government, because I do think that they do some good things, but I was like, uh, I don't know how to act right now. So Jennifer says her boyfriend likes cats and she has an issue with it. You're gonna have to call oh, us about but that. Jay is nice, Jennifer. Yeah, we need to know about this, Jennifer. What makes <laughs> you feel uncomfortable about that? Something's because going on there. Cats are weird in she general. Thinks he needs to uh, hate the smaller furry animals but love the the bigger ones that bark. <laughs> What'd you say, James? Well, I was asking, I grew up a country kid, and I'm allergic as the dickens to cats, but right. what about outdoor cats like barn cats and farm cats? They serve a purpose. Yeah. Do Would- you say, hey, kitty, kitty, and then pet it? Sometimes. Me? No, I'm allergic. When well, I then you are good. I have to take like 10 it's, pounds of Zytol or whatever It's like it the men who like snuggle with their cats and take selfies. It's just, it's strange. Sorry. And I know that I'm making so many people angry right now, and I don't care. Exactly. I'm just, I think you're in the majority. You're I'm totally speaking in the majority. my truth right now. I know lots of straight women who hate men with cats. It's a thing. Zach, what, you, straight, straight male. <laughs> Zach has what been you, so quiet today. Yeah. What do you think about men owning cats? I actually grew up with a cat. And when I was about four years old, uh, I got to pick out this kitten, Silver Tabby. Mm. And I love this cat. 
He and slept with me every night. But you were a kid. That's a little different. It's like a uh-huh. grown man who lives alone with a cat. Why didn't you just get a dog, sir? This was the coolest animal <laughs> ever. Angel would go out, do his thing during the oh, day, God, and bring back squirrels without their heads and uh, possums, That's lizards. And he would bring it just as this, this, uh, like this gift to me. I wow. felt so honored. Wow. My cat would go out and hunt. And bring me these dead animal carcasses after he ate their They're heads They're incredible off. independent creatures. So you guys are out and about and lost in the wild. You know, you get they they drop you in the middle of nowhere. As long as you have your that cat, you'll be good to go. Because <laughs> you guys will, he, he goes out, he'll get the food for you and come back. Yeah, if I'm the beast master, sure. <laughs> James. See, we don't need guns. We just need cats. Oh, my oh, goodness. God. <laughs> no, not cats. I do not want to be part cats. of the conversation anymore. <laughs> oh, oh. Assault cat. Would oh, that be a lion? Or? Only, only good cat is a cat that carries a gun. So, uh, so James, what do you want to say in parting? you got like 30 seconds. Uh, well, uh, for those who made the time to join us for the show today, I wanted to thank them. I, I appreciate them listening to us. And I have a couple of things I would like to, to out with. One, uh, I would like to thank unique-ars.com on the build. I don't know that any of you have ever seen photos of what we're talking about, um, but it's, it is a unique piece, and they were instrumental in not only making it uh, perfect, but very personal to Domino as a gift. And uh, I'll, of course, let her expand on that if she wishes or not. But uh, I also wanted to thank Domino for coming on to the show today and, and proving that we can you know, be so wildly different in ideologies, but as people, we can still handle it civilly and still be friends when it's all done. With. Thank all you, right. friend. And, and Domino? I would like to say that I do appreciate my dear friend James um, for always being a good communicator and continuing to prove that people with very different ideologies, like you said, can get along and thrive in society. And I think that that will, we have talked about doing a podcast too. And I think that we our relationship is a, an awesome friendship that is something more people should be able to do in all America. Right. <clears throat> all right. Next week, we're going to look at having RW Arms inside the studio to talk, about, talk to us about what they're doing, what they're working on. Uh, as always, more guns equals less crime. Go out there and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. I'll take my life.